obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. That's right. It's Monday night. Sports on the Hill podcast. CP3 coming to you live from the lab. Robbie G live from the man cave. You just checked out the new commercial for the Sports OTHP apparel line with the new hats and snapbacks that I got. So feel free to hit me up about that. You can inbox me at carol underscore porter at yahoo.com. Get you a nice sports OTHP hat and stuff support the movement, ship it out to you and everything. But uh, as always, we're here tonight talking about the great DC sports that's going on right now. I guess you could, can't really say great, but the DC sports scene, the Capitals had a 2-0 week, which we're very happy to talk about. Over the last couple of weeks, we haven't had, uh, you know, the best shows to talk about with some of the games that the Capitals are playing. So I could have played two solid games, I feel, this week. We're going to break that down. Then we're going to get into NBA talk with the Wizards and the NBA All-Star Weekend. I'm going to give my quick take on that before I get out of here. And then Robbie G, as always, bringing a great Olympic coverage after NBA. Uh, I've heard some good things about our Olympic coverage. You know, a lot of folks don't cover that stuff, but Robbie has a great panel with his new uh, Twitch followers and friends to contribute. And I greatly appreciate that because, like I say, I don't watch all the sports, but we have people that do. That's going to bring you the best coverage around. Robbie G, how are you doing tonight, good sir? Good, good. I It's been a... Uh... A crazy four-day weekend. Unfortunately, Zach was feeling a little under the weather, so we had like all these plans that we just blew up in our face. But it was okay. We all had a chill time, uh, hung out here. Um, beautiful day today. We were hanging out outside a little bit, and so we, we still made the most of it. Uh, we got him tested. It's not COVID, uh, just a cold. Uh, and of course, now I think my daughter may have just picked it up as well. So yeah, these things run their course through families it's uh the joy of being a parent um but other than that it's been good a lot of uh crazy sports talk this uh a week i mean we have a couple of caps games a couple of wizards games and then we've got the olympics talk i have watched parts of all of it i have not watched all of all of it uh because i was busy but uh, that's why we have all these other people to come on and uh, talk about the parts that we didn't get to see uh but it's been uh, a good 
a good week for uh, Caps fans. It's been a, a good week uh, for Wizards fans as well, even though the Wizards didn't have anybody in the All-Star game. Uh, we'll, we'll break that down uh, as well. But uh, yeah, things are things are going pretty well. Carol, things going well with you? Yeah, it's been a <clears throat> excuse me, been an adventurous month in the car sales game. Uh, we're starting to get some new cars back on the lot. So, you know, if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, you can also check me out for that down at Waldorf Honda, 2450 Crane Highway, Waldorf, Maryland. Feel free to hit me up, and uh, I would love to earn your business on the vehicle. Uh, like I mentioned, the apparel line, I'm in the works of trying to get the apparel line back moving and uh, getting some more stuff out, because uh, we definitely appreciate all the support and all the folks that have been purchasing some of the apparel and trying to get more stuff out there, because... Uh, like I said, we love, I love to see uh, the pictures of folks wearing our gear and, you know, haven't ran anybody in the streets yet, but I can't wait to. But we, you know, we got some things in the works. I'm uh, in the process of, you know, as I say, trying to get a big interview. We always try to have a big interview, see if I can get something scheduled for season seven, since we had some good interviews in season six already. So, uh, man, be, be on the lookout for, you know, let's just say a, a, a big name DC sports media personality. Popping up on sports OTHP again. We've done it before, and we'll definitely do it again. Yeah, it uh, it should be uh, a good year. I'm excited. I, you know, I can't believe we'll have our stream anniversary. So, and Twitch, they call it a Twitch anniversary. Uh, and you know, every year you're on Twitch, you celebrate one more year of that. Uh, Carol, we didn't start on Twitch, so we'll celebrate a stream anniversary. So we've done. We're getting up to six years coming up. So in the middle of March, we have a, a big show coming up where we'll celebrate that. We may even get some special guests at the very end and talk March Madness with me because uh, that was one of the very first things we ever discussed. Carol, if you remember episode two, we had Arun come on and talk March Madness with us. So I think it'd be kind of fun uh, to relive some of the early, early podcast moments uh, with that. And, uh, and then um, the rest of March, I'll be taking off. And then in April, we start season seven, uh, which is crazy um uh to think about and you know how far we've come and uh the cool new graphics and logos that people are can check out tonight uh if they're checking in on our uh, on our twitch channel and um you know it, it's kind of fun to continue to add new and exciting things on every year we've sort of built this up as we've come along so um with that being said let's talk about the capitals a little bit uh, i'll break down the score and then i'm going to get your uh, take on it while i share to a couple of other groups as well um let's talk about last week uh, it was a good week for the team uh, the first game was in nashville uh the capitals jumped on the board pretty early on uh, joe snively um uh is a, he's amazing i love all the pictures of him idolizing ovi growing up and seeing ovi's car on the street and being like wow you know you know it was really in awe of him and then now just to get to see him uh score on the line with him or you know getting to see Ovechkin be so excited for him in the lineup uh it's just really cool it's his already his third goal of the season uh and a Connor Sherry 11th assist Dmitry Orlov 16th assist made it one nothing 417 into it uh they got a goal 243 into the third so no scoring in the second to tie it up uh, but Nick Jensen responded right away uh about a minute later um uh, scored that goal because uh, I was kind of worried with um, you know, the momentum shift there. But Nick Jensen scored assist by Garrett Hathaway, uh, his eighth, and Carl Haglund's ninth. Uh, Nick Jensen's fourth goal of the season made it 2-1. 
Ovechkin got one on the power play, as he does his 30th uh, goal. And we'll talk more about that as well. Uh, John Carlson's 29th assist, Tom Wilson's 19th assist, made it 3-1. And then Ovi got an empty net. He leads the league in those as well. Um, and his 31st now, 1837, made it 4-1. to uh, Ovi scoring 30 goals with one team, Carol. Uh, it's never been done more. Like, so this happened only a couple of times uh, in history of anybody ever even scored as many seasons with 30 goals, which is now up to 16, I believe. Uh, and he, um, and no one's ever done it with one team. And so I think that that's a remarkable feat. Uh, and it's definitely, I know we, he always breaks records every week, uh, but it's one that we have to pause on and talk about his longevity. And I know that everybody this week is talking about, hey, Sidney Crosby got 500 goals and 150 uh, power play goals. And I was like, well, that was nice. You know, Ovechkin did uh, that like, I don't know, I think it was, you know, 10, eight seasons ago. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> but but I just want to keep, he's consistent and he's on the ice. And I know that people debate back and forth between Crosby and Ovechkin, but um, for him to consistently get over 30 goals for this many seasons, is incredible. Carol, what are your thoughts on him and the game? Uh, well, you already know how I feel about Ovi. You know, you talk about the longevity, 16 straight seasons with 30 or more goals, the first player in NHL history to do it with the same team. Mike Gardner has the official record of 17 seasons, but he didn't do it with one team. Um, I mean, just the fact that the, as physical as he plays and what he does on the ice, he's only missed 18 games in his whole career due to injury. Due to injury, you know how he throws his body around. He's, you know, up there in hits, if not leading the league in the top five in the league and hits in his heyday. Now he he's hitting, you know, when it's the opportunity and when it needs to be done, he isn't going out there like he used to as a freight train and taking everybody out. So it's just impressive to see that. And then his goal scoring ability, they were actually breaking it down on NHL Network the other day when he scored the popular goal for his 30th. It was like, he, he's just skating there with the stick by his side. He, he's not even, he's just standing still. And like, you know it's coming. You know what's going to happen, but you still can't stop it. And that reminds me of old Washington uh, football with, 46 gut with Joe Gibbs. You knew what was coming, but you just couldn't stop it. So they kept running it until you stopped it. And him being in the OB office, no matter how many times you shade somebody over there or the goaltender knows what's coming, there's nothing you can do about it. And he hit that one short side. The whole net was open on the other side, and the goalie was, wasn't even leaning that much, but he was trying to protect the open net. And then Ovi sniped it over his shoulder on the short side where he didn't even think he could get it in there. And he's just amazing. Like I say, my dream is to get an interview with this man. I'm still trying to find a way to get that done. If I can get an interview with him, then yeah. That's how he's one of the hardest to get. I, I've heard the <laughs> I signature, the interview, and he does not make it easy. You gotta find him in a gas station or something. That's been yeah, the, the, the best. <laughs> Have to get a little kid with an OB jersey come up to him or something to distract him. Get his <laughs> right, attention exactly. or something. I don't know, but I'm going to try to find a way because I'm I'm going to find a way to get out to Kettler. And you know, when you're there, they're on the ice. They're coming off. I was talking to some uh, actually the Zamboni driver that uh, used to work at Kettler 
he's actually bought a car from one of my coworkers when we was talking the other day. He's like, yeah, you can, you know, catch him when they're coming off the ice and you never know what happens. So I got to get out to Kellen. But if I can get Ovi on, then yeah, right. That'll be a feather in my cap. For sure, for sure. Well, um, the game. Yeah, the game, yeah. Game. <laughs> the <laughs> game, uh, we also forgot to mention that this was the 700th victory for your boy, Peter Lott. Yes, that's a good call. Um, you know, good uh you know good stuff for him going his first time going back to nashville i believe it was yeah he's now top 10 i believe all time in the nhl in uh wins yeah so he's right up there with some of the other people that we know you know trots and um uh you know so he's been great for us i mean i'll say one quick stat and then i want to get your still take on this game i'm wearing this mantha ray shirt because i have some good news about him he's finally was on the ice. I know Carol's was waiting for me to let him know when he finally, and this week was the first time we got all the players on the ice in the same practice. Now he didn't have a contract. What? Oh, she was out there too. Yep. Everybody. Nice. So uh, now he didn't, uh, oh, she had a contact drill on and so did Schultz and so does Vanacek. Uh, but um, Mantha Ray did not have a contact jersey. But still, the fact that all of them were on the ice, um, you know, is a huge sign for our future. Because I just never thought this was going to happen. I mean, the fact that we could say that it hasn't happened once this season and this coach has still kept them in a very competitive division, right? So, like, it's not, um, you know, some people are like, oh, we should be doing better. But I'm like, we have a good record against our division. And that's what really matters. We've lost some other games, you know, uh, and there's been some tough games all season, but our lineup has been rotated. There's not been three games in a row where we've had the same lineup and we had never had the, our start, all of our starters on there. So, I mean, the fact that he's able to keep us afloat, my dad keeps saying this, like, it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. And, you know, we, we think about 2018, it was you know, a similar story. There was injuries, there was issues uh, and things kind of corrected itself. There is more rumors of Holpe coming to Washington. I'm still very curious if that'll happen at the trade deadline or not. Um, what I heard, Dallas is not letting Holpe go. From what I heard on NHL Network, they were like, that. it's just rumors that, they, that Dallas is not letting Holpe go from what they're hearing from their sources. So yeah. we want to it, see you. We'll, we'll definitely see. It'll be interesting uh, nonetheless. So, uh, but in this game, for Trotz to go and get that 700th win, as you mentioned, which I had in my notes, I'm happy you mentioned, um, is... You say Trotz. Oh, La Violette, thank you. <laughs> it's funny that we've taken both of them from the same team. It's basically two of their all-time best coaches in the history of the Predators we've then taken, you know, right afterwards, you know, for the most part. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, but, uh, you know, for Laviolette to do it in uh, the you know, building, which he made home and he did very well for one of the best coaches in their franchise history uh, before having some issues in the locker room in those later years. But um, I thought that was kind of exciting. And also uh, it made it so they'd won four in a row on the road. So, you know, we're talking about playoffs and we won a lot on the road in 18. That was kind of our signature move. I'm happy to see that our road uh, record is actually really good this year, Carol, because oh, yeah. ultimately, even if we're in that wild card spot, we've got to go on the road each round. Um, I'm not too scared about it, you know, or and yeah, so. just, not like in that championship run, they closed out all the series on the road. They said that's only been done with five times. So, I mean, playing well on the road is key. I think all of them, it's only happened once before. Oh, really? 
Yeah, all four were on the road. I think it was only that Pittsburgh team. It was only once ever. I thought they said Chicago did it uh, too. They they won it on the road and they won, but they I don't think they won all four rounds. Oh, I thought they said Chicago also. Uh, like I said, this is an impressive feat. Like I said, playing on the road is always tough, especially in the playoffs. And this team, you know, simplifies their game. And they know their game, is, even though they're an offensive team, is keyed on defense. Because they can play defense in their zone and get into their transition game and get odd man rushes. With the talent that they have, no matter who's in the rush, you're going to have, you know, quality scoring opportunities. And then you take advantage of those and put pressure on the opponent. Like we saw in this game with them getting an early lead in the first period. Oh, excuse me. And then uh, Nashville answering early in the uh, third after, you know, Caps had the lead going into the third, one nothing. And then what was it? Not even a whole uh, minute after you got Nick Jensen, you know, getting the goal to take the lead back. And then Ovi getting his power play goal, taking advantage of the power play when the team make a mistake. You know, we've seen in the recent week that they've gone to power play, up one goal, they get shut down, and then the other team come back and tie the score, and then they score again because they take the momentum. So it was good to see them uh, get a goal to keep the momentum going that way. And then Ovi gets the late empty netter to, uh, you know, ice the game at 4-1. Uh, this was a, a, a good game for this team because Nashville is a quality team at home. Uh, their goaltending uh wasn't as good as we're used to seeing. He had a, a, 80, a .889 save percentage. He uh, gave up three goals on 27 shots. Uh, we've seen uh, the natural goalies give this team issues before that, especially down in Nashville. So it was good to see this team, you know, get over the hump and win a tough game on the road and you know, win it impressively. Yeah, I um... – I think I was getting the stats confused. I think you might be right. There may have been another time where that many has been done on the road, but never had all of them done on the road and comebacks in all of them. So like, yeah, that was the other thing was that they were able to be resilient in all this. I was thinking about that while you were talking, but I uh, so I think you might be right more of one on the road. Um, but anyway, so it, uh, it's just a really a, a good start to the week because, you know, it's a short week and we only have two games and then we've got a big break again. Uh, and so it was important that we get both of them. So going into the Philadelphia game, I just didn't want to have a letdown. Uh, and I was so happy to see that Kempney scored at 1835, his first of the season, since by Nick Dowd, his seventh, and Garnet Hathaway, his ninth. Uh, we'll hear a lot more about Garnet Hathaway. He had himself, I think, a great game. I mean, he was the number one star of the game. Um, so in the second period, uh, they tied it on the power play. Then Joe Snively got his fourth goal, I believe, in four games. Uh, also on the power play, assist by Connor Sherry is 12th. Dimitri Orlov 17th. It's 2-1. They unfortunately tie it again at the end of the second period and then take the lead uh, going at 16-09 in the third. So I was thinking, man, they scored in the last four minutes of the game. I'm at a bowling alley on my first day night with my wife in a very, very long time. And I'm watching on my phone. I'm like, damn, that sucks. And so, you know, I'm paying on my check and I'm leaving. And like, as I'm signing out, I don't watch for a few minutes. And suddenly I sort of see quickly, I look down because I still have it on my phone. I see Garnet Hathaway tie it with 17.03. Just a minute later, I'm like, oh my God, you know, that's crazy. I mean, I really thought that the wind was going to be out of our sails. I didn't expect Hathaway to get it. It was a really pretty goal too. His ninth of the season, John Carlson's 30th assist and Carl Hagelin's 10th assist. And then I was like, I, you know, I had to go to the car or whatever. So I didn't 
I kind of thought it was going to go to overtime. I didn't expect Garnet Hathaway to get another goal a minute later. His now 10th of the season assist by Carl Haglin. Also, um, you know, he assisted on both of them, his 11th assist. And then uh, John Carlson has one of the craziest empty net goals you'll ever see. Uh, just a ricochet that went off a stanchion off a window and bounced in. It's like, something out of pong you know it's like it's just i can't even describe how crazy of a bounce it had to take to go in there but it did and it was an empty net goal assist by nick dowd his eighth assist again john carlson hits the double digit mark in goals this way is 10 i made it 5-3 and suddenly for a pretty low scoring game 2-2 going into the third in the last four minutes uh there was four more goals in that game which uh surprised the heck out of me but carol what are some of your thoughts uh, this game was definitely, uh, like you said, a crazy game. Got to give a shout out to Kempney for his first goal of the season, but his first goal in two and a half seasons because all the injuries and uh, stuff that he was going through. So, you know, it's good to see him back contributing to the team, getting his first goal of the season. And then um, Hathaway, uh, you mentioned he had a big night. It was the first thought. This was his first career three-point game. He had an assist and two goals. And on that last uh, empty net goal that you were talking about with Carlson, it was a little bit of controversy on that play because uh, when the ricochet off of the stanchion, Hathaway was skating towards the uh, offensive zone and he raised the stick up in the air and it looked like the puck possibly could have deflected off of his stick. And if it did, it would have been considered a high stick because it was over his shoulders. So that empty net goal would have got wiped out. But after they reviewed it, they saw that he didn't touch it and they ended up giving John Carlson his 10th goal, as you mentioned also. So the Hathaway and Carlson getting a 10th goal you know, on the same game was uh, cool because, uh, you know, you need scoring from everyone. You can't always just depend on Ovi all the time. You know, he had a four-game uh, goalless drought and, you know, he came back and got the two. But you can't always depend on your top players in the playoffs because they're going to be matched up against the top defensive pairing is going to make it very difficult for them to, you know, do what they normally do. So you need that secondary scoring and especially, you know, Carlson with his, uh, the way he scores from the defensive uh, position, that's always an added bonus. And just to see this team come back and deal with the adversity that they had to deal with, like you said, losing the lead with uh, four minutes left. We've seen this team, you know, come back six on five, you know, late in the game, pulling the goalie in time and going to overtime, but we didn't even have to go to that. They five on five, they, you know, found the way to get that goal. Like they said, half the way with a pretty goal deflected off him, just creating a screen going across in front of the goalie and it deflected off of him and, and went in. It wasn't even a hard shot. It was just to, you know, get it to the net and good things happen. And that's what happened. And then the, the second goal, you know, hard work. Mapulet put their line back on it because they saw the hard work they got on that goal and rewarding them, and they, you know, paid, paid dividends for the team. So that's what you want to see. As Robbie mentioned, the adversity with all the different lineups and all the different players coming in, young players. We've had seven, what, seven players get their first NHL goal this season. So we haven't really seen that with this team, that we've had, you know, so much youth on the ice. So it's good to see that this team is starting to get healthy and getting healthy at the right time because it's going to come down to, like I said, it ain't how you start, it's how you finish. 
and they finish strong, and even if they get the top seed or wherever they're seated, we know they're a strong road team, and they're you know, built to make a long run. Question mark is, are they going to make a move on a goalie? Because that's what mostly everyone has been you know, saying, that it's the goaltender that's been inconsistent, and they need someone to lock it down and give you that consistent number one and take it from there. We saw Sammy get four or five games in a row, some games good, some games not so good. Double V has had some injury issues, even though when he's been in there, he's been locked in. But if he can't stay healthy, you can't depend on him. So uh, I'm hoping they do make a move because if they can solidify the goaltending and then uh, we start to get healthy again and get our players back and they start building chemistry and start getting the line set going, you know, for the playoff push, then only good things can happen when you get those combination of those things coming together. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about the upcoming schedule real quick. Um, we have a five-game win streak going on the road right now, so I hope that we can continue that. We're playing against the New York Rangers, who we have not seen very much of this season. Uh, we kind of beat them uh, pretty badly early on, uh, but the Rangers have been a dominant team uh, this year. Um, they've been playing very well uh, in a lot of games. Uh, their last ones, they've only had one loss in their last, uh, five, I believe. Hold on, let me just make sure that I got that right. Uh, so uh, it was to Detroit, but they beat um, Ottawa, Boston, Florida, and before that, uh, they beat Seattle. Um, so and again, the losses to Detroit was uh, three two at home. Um, so it's going to be a tough game uh, for sure right now in the, in the standings. Uh, it's all pretty close uh, in the Metropolitan. I'm just pulling it up right now. Um, so if you look at the Metro, the Carolinas in first place, the 74, Pittsburgh's got 70. Rangers are right behind them at a nice 69, and we're right behind them at 65. Uh, so, you know, this is an important game because obviously, especially if we can beat them in regulation, gaining two points on them, make it 69, 67, uh, versus if they win at 71-65, it widens that gap. Uh, and obviously, loser points can help or hurt us, depending on how you look at it. But uh, uh, we definitely need to start making ground. But as I was saying before, playing from the road position is fine. If you look at the playoffs overall, they're right now, Washington's the number one wild card at 65. Detroit's at the number three wild card. They're the ones that can knock you out at 52. So we're still 13 points ahead of them. Uh, and there's still a team below us in Boston at 62 as well. So, um, you know, we obviously want to get one of those top three spots, but we can kind of sneak in and maybe beat a complacent number one team as well. I've seen it happen. Uh, so that's the, the first game it's against New York. Rangers. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, that's definitely going to be a, a test for this team because the goaltender is the key to that team, Shesterkin. He's a... Yeah, he's a stellar goaltender. He's only giving up two goals a game with a, a 0.939 save percentage, has three shutouts. He's 24, 5, and 3. So he's the key to their success, and they're going to have to get traffic in front of him. He's a big goalie. He's an agile goalie, long legs, so he takes the bottom of the net away, so they're going to have to elevate the puck and get it over his pads. If this is going to be, because like you mentioned, uh, they beat the Rangers pretty handily the first time. They haven't played in a long time, and the Rangers are definitely uh, all the moves they made. Folks were scratching their head to see if it was going to work, and the way they started out, it didn't. But uh, 
they figured it out and they're like you said in third place and one of the top teams in the metro right now and the caps are definitely going to have to bring their a game uh we know mantha probably won't be there but hopefully we can possibly get oshi back in the lineup and then we'll have everybody on the power play for the first time this season and hopefully we can get that you know back in order because we're not used to being 28th in the league in the power play uh, you don't get a lot of power plays in the playoffs, but when you do, you have to capitalize. So it'd be good to get them, you know, get some chemistry going. I don't care about the rankings. I just want to see some, you know, execution, get some zone time, and, you know, start scoring on the power play consistently. I agree. And then next Philadelphia, our next game is against Philadelphia at Philadelphia again on Saturday, February 26th. And you got to figure, I know Philadelphia is a bad team, but they've got blood in their mouth, right? They've got to feel like they had a game and they got nothing to show for it. And it's one of these afternoon games that I hate so much that seem to be such trap games uh, for Washington. It's also tough that we had a week off. So I'm a little nervous about both of these games. I'm happy uh, that they will be like Thursday and Saturday. So there won't be a lot of time between the road games, but uh, I am hoping that, that they stayed hungry through that break uh, and come out strong against the Rangers, but then don't have a letdown game against Philadelphia. What are your thoughts on playing them in the matinee game? Uh, it's definitely going to be uh, a tough battle. We saw what the game was last week, you know, coming back, like you said, it was two, two going into the third and then four goals were scored in a four minute span. So uh, it's all about the Capitals playing their hockey, playing defense. And, you know, whoever they have a uh, show on Vanacek is the expected goalie for that game. So we want to see how he uh, fares against him. We know that Samsonov is 6-0 against Philly in his career. So, uh, you know, I guess they're going to give Vanacek a shot to see what he can do. He's back healthy. So it's going to be an interesting game, especially uh, they have Carter Hart going. He's a 9-16-6 with a 2.96 goals against with a, a 0.91 save percentage. Uh, that game that we played last week against Philly was pretty much the epitome of their season. You know, they find a way to come back. Four minutes left in the game, all they got to do is play solid defense, and then they find a way to lose the game and then lose by two. Don't even get the point in overtime after, you know, fighting for most of the game, but this defensive lapses and miscommunication on the offensive end uh, has been Achilles' uh, Hill. They have had a lot of injuries also. Now, the Caps have had a lot of injuries, but I believe Philly has more man hours or man games missed through the injury. So there, you know, their record speaks for itself, 15-25-10, seventh in the Metro. So this is the game the Caps, you know, even though it is a matinee game at 12-30, uh, they have a day off the game, day off before, so they should be ready, and uh, hopefully they can go two and zero again this week. Yep, and then we've got one other game which we'll talk about more next week because it'll be a live game. It's a seven thirty game uh, next Monday against Toronto, and those games are always uh, tough. This one will actually be a game back at home after this four game road uh, swing that they're in the middle of right now. So they've won their first two. Hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping they at least win one of these next two, if not both of them. Um, but then that Toronto game on Monday, what are your thoughts going into that one? Uh, I haven't really watched Toronto a lot, but they definitely, you know, with Austin Matthews and their offense, uh, they're fourth in the league in goals, get, uh, scoring 3.5 a game. Uh, their issue has always been the defense and, you know, holding leads when they get them. 
they take a lot of chances. You know, they do have offensive skill, but they are a young team. So they're still learning and still learning how to win and, and get an identity for themselves as a team. And to look at them, they're also first in faceoff percentage, uh, 56.1. And we know that's uh, sometimes an issue for Washington. You know, Nick Dowd is back. So he's, you know, one of the top guys in the league in the faceoff guy. But uh, it's one thing they're going to have to make sure they stay in control of and keep pace in this game because the face-off wins are very key, especially depending on where they are, if they're in your offensive zone or your defensive zone, or especially on the power play. You want to get that, you know, get that first win to clear the zone to get the chance to set up to play, you know, defense. When they get the puck uh, off the face-off, it's hard for you to set up, identify who's your man and what you're supposed to do, and then that's when things go crazy on the power play when you're defending. So it's definitely going to be an interesting game. I don't think they've uh, – they just yeah, they haven't played said, since uh, 2019. Wow. This was, a, this, was, this was in Washington. Yeah, this one says a uh, previous matchup was 4-3 win October 29th, 2019. Yeah, because they didn't play no Canadian teams last year. Because, yeah, exactly. So, that's, so that's yeah, wow. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to answer, the Maple Leafs lost their last game uh, six to three against uh, the Blues, but they beat Pittsburgh four one, beat uh, Seattle in Seattle six two, lost to Vancouver at Vancouver three to two, and lost to Calgary five to two in their last five. Uh, just to give you a sense of, uh, they've had some rocky games, but also some high scoring games. So just as you're talking about, um, you know, Austin Matthews is thirty three goals this season. Um, and, uh, you know, not many players have more than Ovi. So clearly he's a good player. Um, and, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely break down the last period of that game live. Hopefully Anna will have her triumphant return, uh, as we discuss that next week as well. I was hoping to get a Canadian guest for it, but he's actually in Florida that day. Uh, that would have been fun. Uh, we had Josh last week. I'll just give a quick little shout out, um, uh, to the, uh, the big, thing that we did last week uh, if people can see live up here we made fifty three thousand dollars so if they're watching on my screen um i'm super happy that we were able to be a part of that and give some attention to it and i even clipped it up and put it on instagram and uh, so i'm really proud of what we we're able to do uh with that campaign and uh so yeah it's um I, I really wanted to talk. He was a big Toronto fan, uh, but so hopefully we'll get him on in, in the future, but I'm, I'm happy we were able to do that Carol for Valentine's day last week. Thank you for uh, letting us be a part of that as well. I'm happy that it was uh, so successful for the kids and we're going to definitely try to do it again uh, next year as well. You know, I'm actually watching, uh, they got bonus coverage of Montreal versus Toronto Toronto's look like they're about to lose this game five to two. It's like three minutes left in the third. So Montreal has uh, locked them down this game and uh, it was up 5-2 looking like you're ready to get the victory. Things are getting a little chippy with uh, one of the defensive guys against the Montreal. They stopped it before it turned anything. It looked like Toronto has 35 shots. Montreal has 29. Montreal is up 5-2 with two and a half minutes left. Uh, Boston beat Colorado 5-1. Uh, let's get some updates on here while I'm checking out the game. And that's pretty much it. So, yeah, we're going to see Toronto uh, on the road. They're definitely a different team at home. So, like I said, the Capitals should, you know, be able to impose their will, get the crowd behind and get an early goal and take control of the game like good old Capitals hockey we used to see. 
Yeah. All right. Well, that's a great breakdown of uh, how things are going uh, with the Caps. Hopefully they'll have a great week and we'll be in the midst of an awesome game. Um, we're going to bring in a couple of our guests uh, for our NBA segment. I know that Carol had a quick couple of thoughts uh, while we bring them in a, a final parting shots. And then, uh, uh, then we'll let Carol go. I'm going to switch here this new Caps logo for the Wizards one. And uh, I know we'll talk all-star as well, but I didn't have time to make an all-star graphic. And, uh, but uh, uh, thank you, Champ and Tim, for joining us. Champ, thanks for being a moderator uh, over there. And uh, shout out to Andy, who's also uh, in chat. And so are some other friends as well. But uh, Champ, uh, how are you doing tonight? Doing all right, Robbie. Doing all right. Just want to say, since he's on the line, happy birthday to Arun. Man's turned 25 for the 100,000th time. But yeah, all right. I'm good. How are you? Nice. I'm happy that he's going to be able to, to join us. I wasn't sure if uh, he was going to. It is his birthday. Happy birthday, Arun. Uh, so I'm excited uh, we'll get to talk to him on his birthday. And uh, Tim, how are you doing tonight? Oh, great. Um, I got some big news. There's an actual partnership between the XFL and NFL now. It's actually happening. Yeah, uh, I, I, I saw that come across today, but I couldn't yeah. find a schedule of upcoming games for the XFL, which I thought was like a very big problem if you're marketing for the XFL. I'm like, why haven't they announced what their upcoming season the is? The Rock is involved, so it's going right, to happen. But I know that, I, that, and that's cool, but I'm like, no information on upcoming seasons or whether or not the same teams are going to even be involved. Maybe it's just a, a theory, you know. It's just, yeah. uh, well, no, no, I think that they did make this partnership. Laying, yeah, it's just landing. It, that's real, right but I mean, maybe the actual games are not, <laughs> not happen. on the calendar yet. <laughs> so it's just, so, it just so, was surprising to me. Yeah, the USFL is supposed to be starting in April, I believe. So I believe yeah. this announcement was just to, you know, let folks know that things are in the works and hopefully we'll see some more upcoming news and updates to keep everything, you know, keep us abreast of what's going on. I hope the DC defenders are a part of it right now. They are listed as one of the teams on their website, but they have not yeah, announced, um, you know, for the XFL, uh, there is no USFL team, unfortunately in the area. So we probably won't cover it as much. So it'll be interesting to see uh, the XFL news as that comes out, but whenever we get a schedule uh, and the confirmation that our defenders are still playing, we'll definitely uh, bring that to you. But uh, Tim, thank you for bringing that to our attention as well. I know uh, Carol just wanted to give a quick little uh, parting uh, shot um, before we let him go. So I'm let him uh, give his thoughts on, on Steph Curry and then we'll all break down uh, the, um, uh, the the all-star game towards the end of the segment. Yeah, quick segue. Once we were talking about football, I have to say, uh, get sent condolences to the family of Charlie Taylor, long time, you know, Redskins. I have to say the name, Washington Redskins, as we played for uh, he passed away uh, this weekend. So uh, rest in peace, Charlie Taylor, you know, groundbreaking player uh, in the NFL. Did great things with his team, Hall of Famer. So, he, uh, you know, condolences and prayers to his family going through this difficult time. So just wanted to put that out there. And I'll leave out. Um, I didn't get a chance to check out the All-Star game. I was going at the bar radio. I was trying to turn it on the TV, but I didn't know what time it was coming on. But when I got off the air and I jumped on social media and saw 16 three-pointers, broke the record for eight three-pointers in one half and then 16 for the game. 
that dude is amazing, man. Just seeing some of the shots that he takes and then he turns around before the ball even goes to the hoop and it's just nothing but bottom of the net. That dude is ridiculous. He's changed the NBA. I'm not really, you know, I don't really like the new NBA, but it's always entertaining to watch him play the game because he, he can take it inside, outside, especially to y'all. So he can just take a step over half court and take a shot. And if you run it back on defense, then he hit nothing but net. So um, I definitely watch him, uh, actually follow him on social media. Just his game is just ridiculous. Even though I don't really follow the NBA, I definitely follow this guy. I used to follow, watch his dad, Dale Curry, who was also a deadly shooter. And then I think he has a younger brother who they say is more deadly than him. So I, I don't know what to say, but uh, hats off to that guy. He's uh, been nothing but a professional the whole time in the league, breaking records and doing his thing. And yeah, uh, I'll let you professionals break down the rest of the NBA. I just wanted to get that part shot and get that on the record. You know, that dude Steph Curry is ridiculous. There's the birthday guy, uh, the man of the hour. So, uh, Arun, I'm super happy uh, that you could join us on your birthday. Happy birthday. And uh, I won't make you tell everyone your age on air. Uh, 104, uh, according to my dad. I told you he was 25 for the one millionth time. What do you mean? (laughs) Hey, they never know. All right, exactly. So uh, we'll leave it a mystery, but uh, happy birthday nonetheless. And uh, Carol, um, uh, well, we'll let you go, but uh, thank you for joining us for the, the hockey talk. And uh, we'll definitely uh, talk to you next week uh, when we have the live hockey game. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you guys taking over and covering uh, NBA and Olympics. I'm about to get out of here. Got another busy day tomorrow, but as always, Appreciate y'all tuning in. Appreciate y'all showing us love. The new t- Twitch followers, I appreciate that. A room, DC's people stand with Tim. Appreciate y'all taking the time out as always. I'm about to get out of here and y'all have a good rest of the show. Thanks. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, Rune, any opening messages from the birthday boy before we get started? No, not really. Dunk contest is pretty terrible. We'll get into that. Yeah, it was so bad. Um, I yeah, we'll definitely get into that. I'm glad for sure. Brian's not here to hear that. OB. <laughs> well, I mean, even he agreed that it was pretty terrible. He was just happy that his team oh, uh, yeah. won. Um, so um, let me see if I can get this to work correct. Yeah, it's the new. We're you guys can't see it because you guys on Zoom, but I have a new layout on uh, Twitch uh, live. Well, I guess Champ uh, is seeing it, uh, but. Uh, so we're trying some new stuff out tonight. I like the way it looks. It all, it all works well. Uh, let's talk about uh, this Indiana Pacers game first. Uh, then we'll get into uh, the other game against the Nets. And then we'll get in that all-star break. And we'll look ahead uh, to the week ahead for um, uh, the Wizards as well. In fact, actually, let's look ahead of the Wizards. And then we'll do the all-star game at the very end. Uh, I think that makes more sense than going back and forth. Um and then, uh, so this game uh, started off very close. Uh, the Wizards and the Pacers were tied after the first. Uh, the Pacers went up by five at the end of the second, uh, outscoring 31-26. Outscoring by three in the third, 28-25. And the Wizards came back and outscored them in the fourth, 32-29. But by that point, uh, they had already lost 113-108. to Kyle Kuzma had 15 rebounds and 26 assists, and KCP had 27 points. Uh, but it wasn't enough, especially to defensively um and uh we'll start off with uh, dc's people's champ uh, what are your thoughts on this game 
So, I mean, this was a very close game. These are two of two very not so good teams in the East based on their records. And the narrative this season has been like the third quarter has been the Achilles heel or the, the starting point for the Wizards in terms of winning or losing games. And in this case, they were already down five going into the second half. And then they ended up getting outscored by another three. So then ended up losing by five because they ended up outscoring by four in the fourth quarter. But again, that third quarter made a big difference in terms of the way this game went. Uh, they were down by as many as 13 uh, and they ended up giving up a losing streak, ended up having a losing streak snapped on them by the, by the Pacers. So it was an okay performance. Kyle Kuzma had a double double, but it just wasn't enough. Three point shooting just was a lot better than this game. They were a lot better than the Pacers, but somehow they just still could not muster it together to come out with the W going into their next game. So very disappointing, but that seems to be the norm nowadays. Yeah. Tim, what are some of your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I was, I was very disappointed in the Wizards' defensive effort. I thought their defense was really terrible this game. Um, Indiana shot great um, from inside the three-point line, and it was mainly because they were getting really easy layups. And um, Indiana brought in a lot of new players from Sacramento, like uh, Buddy Heald and um, Halliburton, and they both played really well, uh, scored – in double figures. And it was, uh, I think the Wizards coaches honestly were really pissed in this game because they wasted a great three point shooting effort from the entire team, especially Kuzma. And remember early in the season when the Wizards did basically everything pretty well, except shoot three pointers. So it was kind of like, where was this all season? And then you lose the defense um, out of nowhere against a bad Indiana team that, um, it, they're, they're going to play better, but, you know, huge losing streak. And um, the Wizards could have really used this game in the standings going into the uh, all-star break. But, um, you know, it's just tough, tough road game back to back. So um, at least they kind of played better the next night. But that's that's for later. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I really worry some of your thoughts on this game. Um, yeah, Kuzma, he had a good uh, performance from three, but he took 27 shots to get 26 points. It was like three of 15 out of like two point shots, which isn't going to get it done. KCP had a really good game, 27 points. Um, but yeah, as everyone mentioned, the Pacers, they're not that good. And this is a game the Wizards should have won last year. The Wizards beat the Pacers all every single time this year. They're one and two and the one win came in the beginning of the season with I believe Bradley Beal out Dinwiddie and Bertens leading them in an OT win but not going to get it done against the Pacers team that hadn't won in February they were only one and seven in the month of February now after this win and overall just not a it's probably wins like this are not even going to get you into the playing game and may look like the Wizards are playing for draft positioning rather than the playoffs, even though they played better later in the week. Yeah, I uh, I agree. It, it was frustrating because I feel like we could have stolen both of these games here, uh, but I'm happy that they were able to get uh, the, the next one. Uh, let's get into that game. 
so it started off really, uh, I mean, it was close in the first quarter. The Nets outscored the Wizards actually 28 to 26. The Wizards came back in the second quarter, outscored them 29 to 23 to take uh, a small lead at halftime. Uh, then the Nets outscored them 27 to 23 in the third. And the Wizards put up 39 points in the fourth and outscored them 39 to 24 to take a 117 to 103 lead. So a really big win because of a very big fourth quarter. Uh, pretty even scoring uh, around uh, the team. Rui Hachimura was the standout with 20 points. Uh, Ish Smith had 15. Uh, so uh, that was exciting uh, to see Ish uh, ball out a little bit there. And uh, just uh, overall, I was really excited to see uh, how this sort of new look team is coming together and, and they're playing uh, very well on the net side. Uh, Patty Mills had himself a pretty good game um, with 22 points. Uh, but they weren't able to uh, stop the Wizards defensively. So we'll go to Champ. What are your thoughts on this game? Well, number one, I wanted that Beedrill, by the way, and I didn't get it, so I'm a little bit upset by that. But anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I did get it, but uh, I know it's, it's a pretty cool Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this game was really, really good. Of course, you know, the Nets don't have Kyrie because of – reasons <laughs> we've talked about that before uh Rui Hachimura had a great game Rui Arigato Asimas for that great game really great stuff all in all the third quarter for once was not the deciding factor because they got outscored the third but not by much and they was able to put together a huge uh 14 point uh advantage on scoring in the fourth quarter and that was the difference in this game so a very well played game by the Wizards overall against a very good Nets team that's that that's that's really don't have all of their pieces they just sent uh the beard off to Philly they don't have KD he's still out with injury and then they don't have Kyrie because of reasons so this was a game they had to win and they went out and they won it exactly I was happy to see that was the case Tim what are your thoughts on this game yeah, this was a really interesting game, I thought, um, as a Wizards fan, because you kind of got to see the new look team in this game. So there were so many players uh, that featured in this game and played really well that were either hurt or kind of at the end of the bench before all of, all of the trades. And it's nice to see now that the um, rotation is a little bit more set for the moment that players like Neto and Gill um, are getting good minutes and getting rewarded for uh, playing hard in practice because, you know, they're, they're playing big roles in, in wins both times against the Nets. Uh, both of those players played well. Um, the Nets are really shorthanded, but they just came off that huge comeback win against the Knicks. And um, I think his name is Cam Thomas. Uh Rookie um, had a great back-to-back -back game, and uh, a lot of people know who he is. So uh, the Wizards had to contend with him, but I really like the TV analysis of Drew Gooden because he said he's a former player. He's like, look, the Nets are lazy tonight. They want to get to the break. Let's just take their heart out in the second half. And um, I think uh, P DC's people's champ is right. They just kept it close enough in the third uh, quarter – we knew the Wizards were going to come out stronger and just take the game because the I think the, the coaches got on them after that really poor defensive effort, and they wanted the game more. So um, they just had to put, you know, full effort in in the fourth quarter, and this was, you know, destined to happen. The Nets were 
not playing that hard. For sure. Arun, what are some of your thoughts? Um, yeah, Ken Thomas, it's interesting. The Wizards could have taken him, but they uh, traded down and for um, Holiday and they ended up trading for cash. So it's kind of uh, – so um, Ken Thomas with a good game. But overall, the Wizards, they – played uh i think kuzma he didn't have he only had five points but he didn't take as many terrible shots definitely got more of his teammates involved kispert um had 16 points denny double figures ish also had a good game and daniel gafford made his return from the COVID protocol that made the center positions defense a lot better thomas bryant he only had two points in the last game and i believe at one point he had two rebounds but he got five rebounds in garbage time so um congrats to him he actually had a good game um starting 14 minutes he had 12 points and a couple assists and a couple blocks and five rebounds that was a good game for um tp and um overall just really solid play from ish smith uh the nets they don't really have it without kevin durant especially on the defensive end um the wizards big men were kind of owning the nets and i think patty mills and cam thomas were keeping the nets in this game for a large portion of the game, but 39 points in the fourth quarter by the Wizards. Um, that's enough to help them pull ahead. And if the New York doesn't change its vaccine mandate, the Nets could miss the playoffs if Kevin Durant doesn't um, come back sometime soon. Yeah, I, I think they're going to fall quickly. Let's take a look at the standings uh, real fast. Uh, obviously, the Heat are at the top. The Bulls have had a really good uh, year as well. So they're tied there. And 76ers are going to be a tough team to beat. Cavaliers, the team we're actually going to see next week and talk a little bit more about. And it's Bucks, Celtics, Raptors, and the Nets have that eighth spot that a lot of teams are clamoring for. Now the Hornets are at nine, Hawks are at 10, and the Wizards are outside looking in at 11. Uh, so they need to get some wins here uh, soon to try to steal one of these spots. But the, the Nets could fall out of that spot, and the Hornets, Hawks, or Wizards could move in. Uh, the Knicks also potentially could do that. I mean, they had a really good start to their season, as did the Wizards, but uh, they've had a tough go of it, only winning two out of their last 10 games. Um, let's take a look at the week ahead uh, for the Wizards real fast, and then we will uh, talk about that All-Star game. So the first game we have is against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, that game is at, um, at 7 o'clock. Uh, on Friday, so they still have a pretty long break after the All-Star break uh, to go, and then they'll play the Cavaliers on Saturday. So it's a back-to-back, -back, but again, a long break since their last game. And that, that one's at Saturday, February 26th at 8 o'clock, and then they'll be playing the Pistons the following Tuesday. Uh, I'll start off with Tim. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts on the Spurs and the Cavaliers back-to-back? I think the Spurs game is uh, very winnable. I picked the Wizards in this game because uh, we need to get revenge. Uh, DC still has not ended that terribly long losing streak in San Antonio, but we've been able to get a lot of wins lately in DC it, because the Spurs have, have not been great. And um, I think uh, this, this is a good win for them. I mean, they still have pop, but just not a lot of talent now. Um, they have one all-star, but they're very low in the standings. So I like the Wizards in this game. Um, definitely a lot easier than the next night. Yeah, for for sure. Um, the Cavaliers have been playing pretty well. Um, all right, we'll go to Arun next. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Spurs and the Cavaliers back-to-back? -back? Uh, 
Yeah, I think technically they're both winnable games, but I'm actually going to be a little bit pessimistic. I'm going to have them going 0-2 uh, just because the Spurs, they play really hard and they cut and they move without the basketball. And Murray's a really good point guard. And you, I don't think the Wizards have, like I don't think Neto or Ishmith can slow him down. And as um, indicated by that last time he went off, but, um, but hopefully if the Wizards are going to make a playoff push, this could, one of the, these games could be a win, maybe two, but right now I, I just not really seeing it with the Wizards right now, especially with Bradley Beal out. Um, I'm going to say both of these games are losses. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of see it maybe potentially that way as well, but what, what are your thoughts champ? Uh, well, Arun brought up a very good point about Murray. Murray is currently averaging close to a triple-double with almost 20 points, eight boards, and nine dimes. So he is definitely going to be a problem that Smith and Neto are going to have to deal with. Uh, basically, it's just going to come down to defense, which has been this, the, this team's problem for quite a while, is this team's defense. So they have to get it together defensively, and it starts with having to slow down Murray and being able to keep him in check, and then their, their shooters are going to have to shoot. They The last game before the break, they shot 50% from beyond the arc. If they have more games just like that, I think they can win this game, and they that's what I feel like is going to happen, and they're going to beat the Spurs. Oh, by the way, my, my wife, you just resubbed, by the way, uh, Robbie. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you for uh, letting me know. I was uh, doing some design work in the background, but I really appreciate uh, Batmommy79 uh, for the, the resub. Uh, now they've been subbed for two months, so that's really exciting. I uh, hope that you enjoy the emotes all over Twitch. Um, and uh, we'll have some other fun stuff coming up soon that I'm designing uh, as well. So I appreciate that. And uh, all right. Um, so I think we've talked about this, uh, the upcoming week. Uh, I think we can move into the all-star game. I'm gonna we didn't go. talk about the Cavs. Oh, I thought that it was back to back. So I thought you guys were going to break that down as part of it. But that's fine. We can all go right. back through it. Um, Tim, what, what is your take on, on the Cavs? Yeah, I just think this is a much tougher game. Um, Cleveland's uh, playoff team, they've got Garland and uh, a lot of good players, and their crowd's going to be amped after the All-Star game. I, the Wizards are a weird team, though. They can lose and beat pretty much anybody, so I wouldn't be shocked if they, like, lay a goose egg against the Spurs and then randomly beat the Cavs just because, you know, they won in Cleveland, I think early in the year already, which was a good win. So I don't know, but I'm picking one and one for the, uh, the week. And I'm going to say they'll beat the Spurs just, just cause. Yeah, that makes some sense. All right. Uh, let's go to a rune next. Yeah. Um, the Cavs could have potentially had like three all-stars. They had, uh, I believe they had two, Garland and Allen. And Mobley was, may have been better than – I would pick him to start a team over either Allen or Garland. So, um, But I think they don't have as many good point guards as – like I think they don't have anyone as good as Murray, so that's a good thing. And I guess Garland's pretty good, but I guess um, Rondo's their point guard. Or I don't – like with all those injuries they have, Ricky Rubio's been out. So um, – I actually think this game might be more winnable than the Spurs game for some weird reason, maybe because of PTSD of all the time the Spurs have beaten the Wizards. Uh, but I think this is going to be tough to go in Cleveland where the Wizards already pulled out 
a win in Cleveland earlier in the season when they had no business of winning. So I think that's going to be in the back of the Cavs' mind. And Jared Allen's a good center. And um, it's really up to Thomas Bryant, I think. If he can contain Jared Allen, then the Wizards can do well. But I haven't been really impressed with Thomas Bryant this, so far this season. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get uh, Champ, your take on this Cleveland game. You stop Garland, you win. Play defense, stop Garland, you win. That's all I got to say about that. They're going 2-0. I'm going to be the optimist on this panel as opposed to the birthday boy being a pessimist. I'm going 2-0. <laughs> all right. I like, I like your thought process. Um, I hope that you're right. Uh, but uh, all right, let's get into this uh, all-star uh, game uh, that – uh, I thought that the three-point shooting contest was more exciting uh, than the dunk contest, and I think it's like been going that way for a little bit of a while now. Um, real quickly, uh, let's get each one of your takes on uh, the night before festivities, and then we can also talk a little bit about um, what your thoughts are on the actual game, which I'll be honest, I saw very little of, but uh, I will definitely be interested in your, in your take uh, for sure. And uh, let's start with Tim. What was your thoughts on the uh, the night before or the part that I actually usually like a lot more? Um, yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, although I didn't think this was one of the best ones. Um, personally, I thought some of the dunks that John Morant had in the actual all-star game were better than the dunks in the um, in the dunk contest. I thought it was impressive. Like I was shocked that Towns even in the three-point contest and he won and he's now won that in the skills contest and I think he's been he's been in a bunch of all-star games but I think he won another skills contest I want to say so he's kind of he's he's a really talented player kind of sucks that he's stuck in Minnesota but whatever um you know they're they're decent now um but yeah other than that um those were the those were the main highlights that stuck out to me. Uh, great for Toppin. He's a really athletic player. Um, I, I hope that will like help him kind of get get more known in the, in the country. But yeah, I mean, at least there wasn't like as much controversial judging as some years, so that's a plus. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's go to. Arun, what were some of your thoughts on the All-Star? Um, for, let's talk about the three-point shooting and the um, and those games and the dunk ones first. Yeah, the three-point shooting contest was pretty good. Like, um, Although I think they were missing a couple like key guys like Steph Curry. Normally, he participates. I felt like even the three-point shooting contest, they didn't have as many stars like Dame Lillard, who's a regular participant. I guess the biggest star was Trey Young and Carl Anthony Towns, they're really good players, but they're not in the same stratosphere as like some of the guys they've had in the past. But that was still like pretty dramatic at the end. Trey Young um, trying to come from behind and win it. I also thought the Rising Stars Challenge was kind of interesting that they had four different games and they were just like a quarter and the first to like, um, I, I forget the set amount of points. I think it was like 50. So it wasn't like, it didn't drag on. And instead of having like, four quarters of like pretty bad basketball. They have like half a quarter of bad basketball. And then it got really kind of tight down the stretch and it made for some compelling games, especially between young players and um, some pretty high pressure situations. Dunk contest was terrible. 
Um, I actually think even last year's dunk contest was like mildly disappointing. This was just bad. Um, the contestants were missing. I don't think many can, there may have been one dunk out of the 16 dunks where uh, the person completed the dunk on the first attempt. And um, Obi Toppin and Cole Anthony, they're um, like, uh, Obi Toppin, he's like a backup on his team. Same with Toscano Anderson and Cole Anthony. And uh, I forget the other guy. He, they're just like, oh, Jalen Green. They're just on like the worst teams in the NBA. So they have like absolutely no star power or even like regular, like even like, I don't know, Kyle Kuzma would have been a bigger name than anybody they threw out at the, and he's not even that good of a dunker. And the dunk contest was essentially just like on Sunday night, like every single dunker was throwing out a better dunk. Like Embiid had a windmill. Giannis had these incredible dunks. Even LeBron just completing a pretty normal dunk was even better than, I guess Obi Toppin didn't have an in between the legs dunk, which was really nice, but he didn't finish very hard. And I think Obi Toppin would have been third place in probably every single dunk contest and probably almost like the last 20 years. <laughs> it's probably the worst, like maybe since like the 2014 dunk contest with like they had that stupid T format with John Wall ended up winning. Maybe that's like the only dunk contest that's up there as one of the worst dunk contests other than maybe like if you're upset about the judges, there's definitely been a couple of those moments, especially a couple of years ago. And that's why John Morant said he didn't participate in this year's dunk contest because of Dwayne Wade giving a bad um, uh, score for Aaron Gordon and won the dunk so that a Miami teammate could win. So maybe they need to clean up the judging so they can get um, some of the young stars like back into the game and even like the guys like Zach Levine, they weren't all-stars, but they turned into all-stars. But these guys, maybe I, I maybe Obi Toppin could become a good player, but I don't think he's going to become like an all-star anytime soon. So, but the game was great. Curry had 16 threes. Um, Carroll said like, he's just like, it's one of those players you just have to watch. And all the players were there at halftime, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, LeBron James, pretty much like everybody was there except for like Tim Duncan and Scottie Pippen and a few others probably, and they couldn't make it because of COVID reasons, but it's pretty incredible to see the top 76 uh, players of all time, at least according to the voters with some um, weird exceptions, not making the list, but still great to see all that history in the building, even if it's Cleveland. Uh, so that was it's, a great it night. It was interesting that two guys from Ohio and like LeBron winning it with the game and he went and shot and Steph Curry having all those threes. It's cool that two guys from Ohio kind of sh- were the highlight and the showcase and of the winning team. And uh, LeBron moves uh, to a perfect, I believe, five and zero in this format where they pick their own teams. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like this team was the game. The rosters were pretty imbalanced. It was impressive. Embiid was able to keep it this close without, especially without Kevin Durant playing. And Kevin Durant played a, uh, uh, picked a pretty bad team. And I think some key player, the roster judgment by the coach, I forget who was coaching Joel Embiid's team. Oh, Eric Spolster, he had some weird substitution patterns, but um, Embiid played really well. And it's funny because Curry was hitting all those threes and the, uh, team Durant was still in this game somehow <laughs> like and 
that's what I guess the new format's good because um, it allows like if the game's close down the stretch, then like the first to 24 points in the fourth quarter, it's like a kind of a good number because then it doesn't drag on too long and the game ends a lot shorter than it normally would. So, um, and yeah, LeBron paying homage to Michael Jordan in the post game, hitting the shot, the fadeaway patented mid range shot. Steph Curry couldn't break the scoring record except a couple of years ago by Anthony Davis with 53 points, but 50 points is still very impressive for an all star game performance. 16 threes, I don't think that's going to be broken in a while, maybe by Steph next year, but other than that, I don't see it anytime soon. Yeah, and uh, Davey is in the chat, and he's going to be joining us in a little bit. Uh, he said that the uh, the system, the format, uh, does that often, more often than not, made for a very close game. It didn't last year, but two out of the first three attempts were big success uh, in this uh, using this format to try to get to a certain score uh, at the end. And I agree. I, I like the format. It makes it a little more interesting and a little different. And uh, so I appreciate other people for joining us in chat, including SFX Pines. Uh, so I really appreciate everyone for uh, tuning in. And uh, I, I really like the three-point shooting contest. I hated the dunk contest. Uh, I thought that the, the game itself was pretty cool, and I'm happy that they were able to celebrate uh, all the great players. I thought it was kind of a funny misdirection um, where there was talk all day that Michael Jordan wasn't going to make it because he was you know, managing a race car situation and his uh, car got second place. And then he hopped on a private jet and shockingly made it in time. You know, I, I don't know why the media was like, he's not going to make it, but it's just kind of hilarious because it's like the dude is a private jet. What do you mean? He's not going to make it like, unless the weather like completely messes you up, which it could in Ohio, but uh, you know, it, he was going to make it. So I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, I'm happy that he did uh, to prove anybody that was saying that wrong. Uh, Cause he has to be there. I mean, uh, it would have been so bad if he wasn't. So, uh, but yeah, oh, I think I got some feedback. Champ, is that you? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, sorry about that. Uh, but um, let's uh, give any final thoughts from each one of you guys, and then I'll, I'll let you go unless one, any of you wanted to join Olympics talk, but it didn't seem uh, like you guys had watched very much Olympics. So, um, I don't know why. Um, but uh, I'll start off with you, Tim. Uh, any, what, any final thoughts you have before we let you go? No, I, I, I'm just uh, glad that the NBA is getting creative with the All-Star Games. I think um, within reason, it makes it a lot better. And um, they still don't play very hard, but that halftime uh, half show was great. Just the, the amount of players that made it was kind of impressive to me. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously Jordan's going to go there. That would have been bad. And I thought Barkley, it was funny that he was really emotional. Um, but yeah, in terms of the Olympics, just shout out to Finland, finally won a gold medal in hockey. So good for them. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. I'll see you guys uh, next time. Yeah, thank you so much, Tim. I really appreciate you joining us as always. And uh, we'll talk uh, more Wizards next week. Yeah, thanks, guys. See you. All right. Um, uh, I'm going to go back to Champ to see if he can give his final thoughts now. Is it working? Yep. 
Can you hear All right, me? There you go. Yes, it's fixed itself. So I'm kind of glad you saved me for last on the All-Star game because y'all saw in the group chat, I tried to watch the game and I just couldn't be asked. I just, it just was not interesting to me at all. Cause basically it was like an exhibition. They were just standing around they were doing stuff. And I'm just like, this doesn't interest me. The dunk contest. I stopped watching years ago because I pretty much seen every dunk you can possibly do in a dunk contest. So that doesn't interest me anymore. And here in the three point sh uh, shooting contest was pretty uh, interesting. I might have to start watching that, but for the most part, like all star, all-star games and all these sports don't really interest me much because it's, they're just glorified exhibitions and they're not really entertaining to me at least. But I think that I will at least give the three-point shooting uh, competition a try next year and see how that goes. But other than that, like you, you would have to pay me a lot of money to watch an all-star game in any sport, honestly. Um, maybe baseball, I could watch it for free because at least there's something on the line for that. But as far as the NBA All-Star, yeah, I, I can't be asked at all. I just can't. Yeah, before I let you go, and I want you to get a final plug, too, I want to ask Arun real quickly. If you think Steph Curry was in the three-point shooting contest, do you think he would have beaten that final round score? 29 has never been beaten before, uh, so I, I feel like Cat put up a pretty big number. Uh, yeah, I think Steph would have beaten it. I believe they had, like, some number that Steph would have had more points if he, like, just in the game, he had 16 threes, and just based on that, like, he would have made, they said, like, 20, uh, more than what Cat uh, made, I believe. It was something. Especially something if he makes that. those new Mountain Dew three balls. Uh, yeah. That, so. Um, um, I think he would win. Maybe there's a chance he would lose, but he, I'd definitely pick him as a favorite to beat Cat. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed with how Cat did just for, as a big man to come out there and, and put up a 29 in, in the final game. You know, you often see, you know, pretty big numbers in the first round and then and it trails off. I do also wonder if it was a good move by Steph Curry not to shoot himself out uh, in the night before and to actually save it for the game that quote unquote matters a little bit more. But um, I actually like the three point shooting contest better. So for me, I would have liked to have seen him uh, for sure. But Arun, uh, I want you to give your final thoughts. Happy birthday again. And then after you're done, I'll let uh, Champ give his uh, shout out for his podcast as well. Yeah, um, just one complaint about the All-Star game is why they didn't have Charles Barkley, Ernie Johnson, and Kenny Smith as the main cast. Like, they put it on the alternate channel, TBS. It should have been on the main channel on TNT. Nobody, I think Dwayne Wade was on the main channel, and he was pretty annoying even on Saturday night and Sunday continued. He was, I think, a little bit, his voice was even hoarse. And it was a little bit annoying that he was commentating. He'll probably get better, but right now he's definitely not in the same league as Charles Barkley and Kenny the Jet Smith and definitely Ernie Johnson. So um, they should have put them on the main telecast. And I don't think most people knew that they were even on an alternate channel. I didn't know until after the game. So, um, but yeah, I'm glad Curry. Um, I think the All-Star game was going to be pretty not memorable. If it wasn't for Curry, then he pretty much saved it. And then the ending was really close up. I think it's one of the better all-star games that I can remember in recent memory. So shout out to Curry for carrying the event and uh, the other team and beat uh, for making it a more memorable all-star game than it would have been. Sounds good. Well, happy birthday once again. Thank you for joining us on your birthday. It's so uh, cool of you. And uh, I don't know, are you going to be doing any more podcasts anytime soon? Um. We'll see. Uh, yeah, probably 
to some basketball. We'll see. I'll probably talk about the Wizards and whether they should try to make the playoffs or whether they should just like go for a draft pick and see what draft prospects are out there. And yeah, I'll definitely probably have a podcast up uh, sometime next week. Yeah, we'll definitely now next week. Have to have you uh, back on for a, a March Madness segment uh, as well on our um, six-year anniversary show, just as a callback to episode two. Uh, you've been with us since the very beginning, one of our very first guests, and I appreciate you every week, Arun, and have a happy rest of your birthday week, and I uh, uh, hope that uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Sure, happy birthday, brother. Everyone. Happy birthday, brother. Thanks. Uh, shout out to RG3. Happy birthday to him, too. <laughs> nice um all right champ uh let us know what's happening in uh, the world of wrestling absolutely so this past weekend uh new japan had the final two nights of their tour the new year's golden series which saw a couple new champions crown and they've announced the uh brackets for the new japan cup it'll be the largest new japan cup tournament in history 48 wrestlers that's insane so we're going to touch on that this thursday night myself and sage on twitch as well as on our podcasting platforms and then on saturday myself and sith we are going to be talking about uh impact no surrender and we're going to be talking about what happened this week with the fallout to Elimination Chamber, which was kind of a dud. So make sure you check us out, twitch.tv slash true no spots pod for the live streams, as well as you check out the podcast partners button on sportsochp.com to listen to the audio versions of these, of these podcasts coming up. Yep, I even just put the graphic up. I'm making a brand new graphic for you on the fly. Um, and uh, so people can know what the logo looks like if they yep. uh, want to click that and check you out on all podcast platforms. Uh, I highly recommend checking the No Spots podcast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, even if you're not watching alongside with them, it's still kind of cool if you're not going to pay for the pay-per-view to kind of get a sense of what's going on and hang out with other wrestling fans. Uh, so sometimes I find myself doing that as well. So thank you, Champ, as always, and for helping mod uh, the chat. Um, and uh, we'll definitely talk to you next week for more Wizards talk. Absolutely. Y'all have a good night. Sounds good. All right. With that, we'll bring in our special Olympic guests. Um, and uh, so I really appreciate uh, the panel for coming back together, an international panel, uh, which is fitting uh, for the Olympics. <laughs> and uh, so we'll start off with Davey. Um, and uh, so I'm going to give you a command shout out, but uh, let people know, Davey, how are you doing? And uh, a little bit of information about your show uh, if people don't, if this is the first time they're hearing your voice. Hey, everybody. How's hey, it going? Um, doing well. Let me play some golf with my dad and met Adam Scott today. How about that? I, he was at the, the golf course I was at. How about that? You know, he was doing, there was a, uh, there was a junior golf tournament. So uh, Adam Scott was actually uh, only, uh, he finished fourth yesterday in the Genesis Invitational in Riviera, which is pretty close to where I live, but I was visiting my parents in my hometown, and he was actually hosting this tournament in my hometown, which was really interesting, like a, like a junior tournament. So he was there, and then like, he was like, doing a little meet and greet and Q&A, so nice guy. Like, But so I'm doing well. Um, uh, sorry I got sidetracked there, but uh, how are you? Good, good. And let people also know a little bit about the, the sandwich show that you do uh, here on Twitch, if they're listening over on oh, Facebook sure. or audio. Yeah, um... Uh, sorry about the feedback. I don't know if that's me or not, but um, but yeah, it's basically just a uh, a show where we interview other people on on uh, Twitch and other platforms. So it's a really fun interview program. It's think of it like a late night talk show, but 
uh, instead of like. In, but what we're doing is we're we're promoting people within the platform, and then uh, people who do podcasts and things like that. And, um, and so it's a lot of fun. I've had you on, and yeah, it was a really fun spot. We had to have some sandwiches together, and and uh, it's a good time. So, you know, I yeah, like sports I too. So that's why I like your show. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, it's a, a nice variety show. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of people like on YouTube, the Hot One Show, where you, you it's an interview and you use sandwich and food as a mechanism to um, get people to open up and talk about a bunch of different other topics. So uh, I think it's uh, very successful and I, I love it. I've I've watched it for quite some time now and well, I see that you now have a uh, an emote there. Um, uh, an animated one with a Pac-Man, so I'm happy to oh, see it. Yeah, this is your creation. I love it a lot. Hang on, I'll, show, let me, I'll show you in the chat if you're watching on Twitch tonight. Yeah. Isn't that so cool? Stuart, <laughs> I think we have a little bit of feedback on your end. I don't know if you have any headphones. Um, but You're actually getting feedback on my end? I think it's yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, my brother. Yeah. Hang on, let me mute for a second and try and see if it's me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't hear it anymore. Now so, we don't hear it. Uh, yeah, yeah, so. Jesus, uh, Jesus it be already. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll make my father go search for headphones real quick. Uh, but um, uh, well, I'll get your first take on on a um, uh, on a sport, and then we'll bring my father in, uh, in in just a second. Uh, so let's. Um, uh, oh well, I first of all, real quickly, what we break in you did say that you saw the all-star game so i'll just get your quick take on that before we get into the olympic talk uh but what were your thoughts on the all-star weekend yeah i, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I think uh, oh gosh that maybe it's not my father like i get my feedback again no but... he, 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 he undid his... oh i see i see okay well anyway um th- yeah for whatever reason it wasn't it wasn't an issue last week that's interesting but but uh just to just to repeat my points on the elim system like it's a it's a really good tweak to this game i agree with everything you all were saying earlier in the segment where i mean all-star games in general just aren't very just aren't very interesting because they know the game doesn't really count so i think putting in the uh you know the set score for the fourth quarter helps make it more interesting so i think it's a great idea and i think it's worked out really well but as far as the gate of the weekend itself i don't have a lot to say about the about saturday stuff I think it's wild that a center won the three-point contest. That that's just crazy. Like, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is not by any means a guard or a forward. Like usually he's like a, he's in the middle and he went and that's that's like a that's a really interesting uh, side note. My favorite thing about the All-Star game was the, the uh, NBA 75 ceremony. That was really good. Like I thought they really did that justice and you know, the bar was set high. You know, if you remember the NBA 50 from you know about a quarter decade earlier you know that 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 was a big bar and i think they were they did well for themselves they 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 covered the past the present and even the future to some extent i mean i don't know if james harden is going to end up holding up over time but that's just me i don't don't really know but but good on him i guess i mean he is one of the more prolific scorers in the league today so but all in all really well done i and i i was really happy with it game itself I mean, yeah, it was close. It was a good game and not much to say. I mean, LeBron ending it with the fadeaway at the end. I mean, that was pretty cool. So um, nothing but good things as far as the All-Star game. Yeah, sounds good. I know, Modfather, you watched the NBA the least, I think you said, of the major sports. But uh, did you watch any of the All-Star festivities at all? Oh, God, no. 
<laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, like we were saying, like, it's, all-star games in general are just can be kind of, you know, I'm kind of with Champ in that. Uh, but I just happened to be on, so I, t- I totally dig it. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, let's get into some uh, different um, topics that Stuart w- would actually want to watch. Um, I don't know if Stuart, did you send me your your, your top list? I don't. I don't oh no, it. I never, I never did, did I? No, but that's okay. We'll just go through. Give me your. Um, we'll start from the top. Uh, what is your favorite moment that you saw in this last week, and then we'll we'll work our way uh, backwards uh, for time. I- Two things I really liked, I thought were really cool. Norway uh, set a record for the most gold medals won by a single country. Uh, Norway just lives for their Winter Olympics, so it's kind of cool to see them, you know, run away with that many medals and do, do that well. Uh, neat factor. And uh, Finland winning the gold. Now, it's not a big deal that uh, to most people that a country like that wins a gold, but I absolutely love it because this country has been struggling for years. They've gotten medals before, but they've never been a gold medal winner. Uh, so them winning the gold is really neat. They did it with very, very good hockey, very sound hockey. Uh, Slovakia is another one. They got, they got the bronze. It's the first medal they've ever gotten in the Olympics in men's hockey. Right. So two really neat things that I, that I saw happen. I, I thought were really cool. What really bothered me is I watched the, the, uh, Finnish Russian game for the gold medal and, uh, uh, the game ends and they go to the Canadian announcers who are hockey night in Canada announcers. Right. And one of them sitting there going, oh, yeah, they should enjoy this because in four years, it's all going to change when they allow the NHL players. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what, what, what are you doing? Canada t- didn't stand a good enough team to win, live with it, and get on with it. They won the gold medal. Who cares? We all had to play under the same rules. It's not like they went there and they beat us because they sent better players than us because they had letter, you know, better rules. They, they have a country that has their own professional league. Uh, you know, all over Europe, they have their own professional leagues. They're able to pull players from that, and, and we don't have that here. We have uh, teams that feed the NHL teams, but because the NHL players weren't going, most of those teams wouldn't let their players go. So, you know what? The, good on them. They won, you know, and it was good. It was, it was decent hockey. It wasn't, you know, NHL caliber, no, but it was really good hockey. So I had fun watching it. It was kind of like going back to the old days before they allowed professionals to play and, you know, Russia would send a professional team. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the gold medal count and uh, so, some of what Stuart was saying, Davey? Well, it, now, didn't Finland, like, win one of those games in the shootout? Like, they were kind of going toe-to-toe. I'm trying to remember if it was against USA or or whoever, but that was – that got kind of – that got pretty nuts. Yeah, it U.S. Kinda... did lose in a shootout, but who was yeah. it too, Stuart? Do you remember? Uh, I, I watched the game, and I can't remember who they lost <laughs> to. Like, they tied the game. Like, they were down, and the U.S. tied the game. And then they went to the shootout, and they lost in the shootout. So that was a that was a very very exciting game. I I did catch that. I just don't remember who the other team was. Yeah, yeah they lost. They lost on the same day that Canada did. I, here, I, I thought the Americans actually had a chance to go pretty far, and uh, yeah. you know, I was I was rather disappointed that they lost because I thought oh, they have a good chance. They have a decent team, but yeah. no, the the European teams were a little bit better than everybody else. So, yeah, Slovakia. Yeah. So no. Oh, was it Slovakia? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Slovakia did beat them. Well, Slovakia yeah. ended up with a bronze, so Slovakia was no slouch, obviously. So no. right, not not just Slovakia, no. right? So they uh... yeah. Slovakia, <laughs> so good. Um, uh, wait, so uh, I do. Uh, oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, go go ahead, David. I was just yeah. You asked about the Norway medals. I yeah, give yeah. them a lot of props. I mean, they really dominated some of these events, and particularly the speed skating. Like that was just 
that was just a, that was just a mastery by them. Like just, I, I'm happy for them too. They definitely, uh, Stewart's right. They really do live for the Winter Olympics, and and uh, good on them. Um, I will give a shout out to Germany too. They just owned bobsled. Like every bobsled event was like the Germans oh God, were yeah. getting the gold, and they were sweeping the medal stand. It was just like crazy. So good on them too. So um, yeah, those are my thoughts. To start. Yeah, for sure. Um, I saw that you really wanted to talk about um, our friend um, who's been so good. Uh, you know, Sean White has just been, you know, constant medal, gold medal winner and, you know, all the X Games and, you know, been to so many different Olympics and really put the sport on the map in a lot of ways uh, for a lot of people. Um, and Davey, talk a little bit about your thoughts. I know he didn't get what he had hoped for to end it but right, he felt like right. he inspired so many and i think he's such a great ambassador for the sport yeah 100 percent. i mean um obviously not much to talk about with what his performance was at these olympic games but uh there was something to that last run where you could feel the finality of it and he could even see the emotion on his face and the interview that they had after i don't know if the dad went on canadian tv but the people at nbc were interviewing him and he was crying like he was just bawling, like talking about all just summarizing like this incredible career he's had in all the Olympic Games and all the success. And, and as you're saying, Robbie, like he means so much to the sport. He means so much to the Winter Olympics. He kind of legitimized the sport that, you know, previously had really only been featured on ESPN or even ESPN2 for the X Games. It's, it was really good to see to see you know somebody who was really great at what he does. And uh, it's just that he was for a while a household hold name, and it was a great career, and I'm really happy for him. So I, I, that's pretty much all I had to say about it. You know, the the sheer emotion he displayed after the fact, I think, kind of shows how much of a human he was, and we can all respect that because I just think he was really great at what he does. Sure. That was also one of my one of my top moments for the Olympics, um, <clears throat> mostly because when he finished. He got a standing ovation, and not just from the people that were there. All the other guys that competed against him gave him a standing ovation after his last run. So that kind of tells you what they think of him. So it was a, it was a shining moment for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and did I know you want to talk about uh, Chloe Kim as well? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that 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 it was just good to see her get on the get, get the gold, and she was being her usual goofy self after the, in the, in the post game interviews. I just wanted to just hit the captor basically. You know, it's nice to see her do well again. And, um, you know, it's it's very interesting to see, you know, people, good personalities win. And that's sort of kind of what stands out a little more, just like who she is as a person. Like, that was really cool. By the way, um, my brother, I did finally see that, that China, the lady that competed for China that you were talking about. Man, wow, she's a stunner. I had no idea. Like, wow. Okay, no wonder. <laughs> like, no wonder. Like, dang. Like, that, that. What was her name again? Like Eileen Gu. Yes, yes, yes. Eileen Gu. And like, so she did medal. And I was like, all right, good for her. But then I was like, wow. Three, three medals to be exact. Three medals she got. Yeah. A gold and a bronze. And I don't know what the other one was. It might have been two yeah. golds and a bronze. I'm not sure on that. All right. So props to whoever was able to hire her for a modeling contract. I was like, damn. Like that's, that was, that was impressive. It was impressive on many levels, I guess is what I would say. But... You, know, you, want to, you want to know the funniest thing in the world? When, when you're my age and you have a daughter my age, mm -hmm. you don't look at girls like that anymore. And oh. so, 
she popped up on my screen and I thought, I want to see what she looks like. Then I thought, no, I, I can't go look. It's just wrong. Oh, no, no, that's a good... I'm getting kidding. I'm starting to get close to that age, too, to be fair. like well, I, having, I, having a daughter, having a daughter changed all of that. And I, it's the weirdest feeling. You're going to experience it in a few years, oh, yeah. uh, Robbie. Yeah. You'll see what I mean. Because right. once your daughter gets to... starting to, yeah. going to be there, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting. It's definitely a different dynamic having a daughter for sure. You can already kind of feel it. Oh yeah, you look you at know, girls and, completely different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just... it, it's, it is. It's pretty crazy. So yeah, um, it's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to experience both because like my son is such a sport and athlete. He's about to start learning baseball. He's already learning soccer and you know swimming and so uh, you know and he wants to like learn more and more sports and you know try to do that. So it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, we've got a Shuppet in chat. It's a ghost Pokemon, if people are interested in that. Um, but uh, I'll go, um, uh, Stuart, tell us some of the other things that you liked about this week. Uh, what else? Oh, the men's 4 by 100 <laughs> Yes, we moved up to silver medal in the men's 4 by 100 from the Tokyo Olympics. So that was pretty cool this week. <laughs> I know that's not this Olympics, but... Uh, yeah, Britain uh, tested positive and uh, they had to go through mm. the whole process and it took takes months for that to happen, right? Wow. So, uh, yeah, we literally went from a, the Canadian bronze and the four by one and then up to Canadian silver. So there was no Americans on that podium, though, none whatsoever. I'm just pointing this out for, you know, well, well, I'll tell you what, you talk about stealing medals. Like, how about the how about the team pursuit where Japan had that thing in the bag and then one of the ladies fell? On, Actually, on if you watch, the, the the Canadians had just gotten ahead of them, had just slightly pulled ahead of them. So the Canadians probably would have, would have beat them, oh, but I, okay, I okay. but but it's it's one of those things that you can't be sure. But they have markers on the check that they that they check right, and they said they, the Canadians got to about uh, eight one hundredths of a second ahead of them, from what I, I read, right? And yeah. uh, and they were uh, it looked like the Canadians were going to win because there's only a half, you know, they only have that straightaway to go, and the Canadians weren't going faster the last three laps than they were, so they probably would have been. Would have beaten them by one or two tenths kind of thing so so yeah, oh, yeah but it, it was it was sad that they fell and as weirdest feeling in the world is when the race started i thought to myself the japanese team's gonna fall don't ask me why i thought that i don't know why i thought that but they did so yeah it was a weird yeah. thought it just had because it, it's not uncommon for that to happen because they get their feet caught up and stuff like that but yeah i just had this feeling the japanese team was gonna fall i don't know why i thought that just uh yeah. what are the odds of that yeah <laughs> but you know it's awesome I mean, you take it i mean obviously when you see the emotion after the fact, okay, I was it was totally fun anyway, and and as you mentioned, like it was they were ganging on them anyway. That's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You watch the you, you look at the lap times, and you can see the Canadians were probably going to win anyways. But it, you kind of want to see a good finish anyways. Even if the Canadians win, and you know it's it's really close finish. I'd love to see that more than yeah. seeing a team go down. I mean, it didn't matter to Japan when they went down; they were getting silver anyways because they they were in the final, right? So mm. um, if they stood up or went down, didn't matter. But still, didn't want to see that. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. For sure. Uh, Davey, any other um, sports you wanted to, to highlight? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to be honest with you. I got a little tired of the biathlon after like that. Once I got into that second week, I'm like, okay, all right, more shooting, more skiing, yeah. more shooting, more skiing. <laughs> like, I have to agree. It, <laughs> it, it, it's, it goes with cross-country skiing, too. Like, how many distances can you go? And, and what's the difference between a 30K and a 50K? I don't you know. Whatever. Like, you know, there should be a sprint. There should be a long race and a middle race. And, okay, that's good, right? But it, was, it seemed like yeah. there was just cross-country skiing or they were shooting. And it was like, I, I'm like, I'm like, Davey, I love the shooting part. It's so cool and all that. But after about two days, I'm, I've, I've had enough. I don't want to see this thing. <laughs> 
Yeah, there really were a lot of events. I was not ready. I didn't realize they had so many. Like they had, a, like you said, 30, 15, 10. It's like, dang. And then they had the relays, the shooting yeah. relays. And it's like, <laughs> I, oh, yeah, this makes sense to me. Like, you know, why? Yeah, um, I, I, I couldn't. Like, I, I enjoy watching some of the highlights of certain things. Uh, you know, I found actually this Olympics. Uh, there was an Olympic channel, which I had not fully watched before. And it was cool because it cut out a ton of the BS. It's like you see the beginning of the event, you kind of see a little of the best parts and they show the, the, the medal and they move on. And it's like rapid fire. It's kind of like red zone, but for Olympics. And I was <laughs> like, this is kind of cool. Like, cause I mean, so these are sports that probably wouldn't have sat and watched for like 20 minutes or an hour but like if you're just gonna like rapid fire them into my brain like I'll, I'll watch that for a little bit so a shout out to them for having different formats i know on on peacock uh they had uh the ability to stream other things um because once upon a time it's basically all u.s sports and if you cared about anything else you're you're not you're kind of screwed and uh, uh they'll, they'll highlight some you know big you know players in the game but uh, it was tough to see whole games before uh, so it's nice that there's opportunities for fans of different, uh, teams. Like I know there's some Canadian fans that live in America and before it was harder for them to find some of the games. So I'm happy that they're trying to open that up a little bit so people, uh, can see it for me. I, I really love the summer games more than the winter games. And my favorite sport in the winter games is the, you know, the, the men's hockey. Uh, and, uh, so that was difficult uh to not have uh, you know the nhl players play that at least for me and my attention watching i will be honest and i watched during kr's uh one year uh twitch anniversary um I, I did watch canada women's uh beat usa and, and i have to say uh it was a it was a good game it was you know they started off badly for team usa but they really clawed back into it to make a game of it uh Stuart, what are some of your thoughts on that matchup Claude back in is a, I guess that's one way to look at it. I'm going to look at it completely different. Canada was dominating them. There's no doubt in the world. They were dominating them. Uh, the Americans got unlucky on a couple of shots. They could have scored some goals early, but, but nonetheless, Canadians were kind of dominating them. And then they got up three, nothing. And this is a, a hockey thing that drives me nothing Two nothing and three, nothing leads. That drives me nuts. I should say is they, the teams take their foot off the gas and they go, okay, we got the lead. Let's try and hold it now. And it's like, why are you letting the Americans back in? Why are you letting, you know, have shots on goal? Why, why aren't you going for it? And it's almost like the whole team goes, yeah, we're just going to slightly play back towards center more when we have it in the offensive zone and, and not and not go all out. I don't know why they did it. Because uh, honestly, that, that the 3 nothing lead made me think, okay, yeah, they're really dominating them. They've got a, a chance to really run away with this. And the next thing you know, it, it's 3-1. And then the, the Canadian captain and the dumbest thing I've ever seen gets a penalty with a minute and 42 left and thinks, oh, you know, she scored two goals. Why not get a penalty now? You might as well have the whole set, right? Do go for the Gordie Howe uh, hat trick, right? So, so uh, she, she let them back in the game by doing that. They score a goal. It, it, it's just, to me, it's disappointing to watch when teams learn how to take their foot off the gas rather than go for it. It's, that's what got you there. You know, you didn't, I mean, we saw it in the NFL playoffs, right? When you have the uh, uh, best defense in the league and you let uh, Mahomes throw passes that, you know, gets downfield in 13 seconds, you know, why aren't you going with what you've got? Uh, it's like, it's the same concept. You know, they, they, they played back and let Mahomes play. The Canadians played back and let the Americans, you know, kind of dominate and get a chance to get back in the game. I, I don't understand it. The Americans were at a major disadvantage without Brianna uh, 
uh, what's her name? I can't remember her last name. But anyways, anyways, they're at kind of a disadvantage because that's their best player. And Canada, you know, if you lose your best player and you're up against, you know, two teams that are that close, that are that well matched, it, it's a big deal, right? Especially a, a girl that sets up goals like she does. So, so I, I think Canadians looked really strong. I thought they looked, they were by far the better team. Um, uh, the other thing that happened, and it's, uh, it's kind of a neat thing. I'm already, I'm, I'm sorry, I keep on rambling about this game, but it was kind of a neat game for the Canadians to watch because the captain, uh, what's the captain's name again? Uh, Marie Philip. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she scored Poulin, two goals, right? Scored two goals. Kind of a neat thing, right? Where team captain scores two goals. I think she scored a goal in like every game. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah so. I think she, I think she pretty much did. The Canadians set some weird records too. Like the, they had a defender that set a, a record for points by a defender. Uh, they played more games in this Olympics than they do in most Olympics, but she slaughtered the old record. So that was kind of cool. But the, the goals by Marie Philip uh, Poulin were kind of neat because she scored in the gold medal game. She scored now in four gold medal games in a row. So that is a record that who knows if that'll ever get beaten. You know, I guess it could be beaten because America and Canada play in those gold medal games all the time against each other, but the other women will catch up eventually. And then, you know, we'll, we'll be also rounds in some Olympics. Right. So, so it was neat to see that that's a record that has never happened in, in Olympic hockey where someone scored goals in four gold medal games in a row. That's a pretty cool. That's a pretty cool stat. Um, yeah. A couple other things I think I'll bring up. Um, Anybody interested in the curling results? Because the, the men's and the women's tournaments did go down. Um, Great Britain had a lot of near misses, but they did finally win in the women's side. So that was cool. They got the gold there. Sweden they deserve won. the gold there. They're, yeah, they're a good yeah. team. They're oh, very absolutely. good team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, Sweden won the men's tournament. So congrats to them for the gold medal. And Great Britain gets the silver in that game. So, yeah, all, they, they had a good they had a good curling tournament, Great Britain. Good yeah. Canada is known for their curling and, and that's actually been it was a big thing in Canada because we sent three veteran teams that have all medaled in the Olympics before so you got to think got a shot at medals here right the gold medals and all that the Canadian teams they all sucked even the team that won the bronze <laughs> the, the men's team won the bronze and and, and they were the possible they were awful all three teams were, were missing shots making mistakes and we're all of Canada's going oh my god because we that we we we're almost guaranteed medals in in curling every year well no, not this year. We didn't get. We got one bronze, but yeah, usually it's golds and silvers. Yeah, one other thing like I wanted that. to mention was Sarah Nurse in that uh, in that women's hockey game as being the first black woman to ever uh, win a gold medal. Um, you know, in uh, hockey. So that was I thought really that's kind neat. Of a, yeah, a yeah, cool moment cool. for her. So I just wanted to mention that as well. But um, uh, Stuart, what are some of the other things that you found interesting? Uh, what else did I want to mention here? The can you? Uh, I have such a list here. Now I'm missing things. Well, while you look, I'll let, I'll let Davey give his uh, final. Uh, uh, yeah, final. you know, talking about talking about going back to speed skating. How about Erin Jackson? I you know she was favored, but she took the gold in the 500 meters, and that's awesome. Like I love seeing speed skating. So she was really highly touted going into this into these games, and and I think that's really great that she got her gold. So that's really cool. So she's a fun fun human. Like have you have you guys ever seen uh, speed skating in real life? No, I've, I've seen some major major competitions. Yeah. The speed they go at is it, like you, you don't get a real idea of how fast they're going until you actually see it. And you go, holy cow, these guys can move! And the five hundred meters is so much fun to watch. If there's some serious skaters in there, oh my god, that's a great race to watch. So, 
if you ever get a chance. I've always been blown away at at ice level watching, you know, NHL hockey. And so, um, but I've never seen, you know, speed, you know, skating before, but I I kind of imagine. I didn't really grasp the different types of uh, tracks they have. They have like the regular, the small track, which is basically the size of a hockey rink, but then they have a bigger one. Oh yeah, much larger. Yeah, four hundred meter tracks. They they were going. That is cool. That yeah. is cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I one of the things I like about the NHL All Star Game is they often have speeding sk- speed skating competitions. So it's kind of cool to see um, NHL players do some of that work. Of course, you know, Kuzi, I was hot dogging it and didn't do very well in it. But you know, it um, it, it for me, I, I I enjoy that because I I actually really. I didn't watch it this year as much as I have, but I actually really do like watching speed skating. I think it's an interesting sport for sure. So, so Davey, I know you watch curling a lot. So uh, I'm going to describe the American men's curling team to you. They look <laughs> like a group. The, they look like a group that the bouncer would have to throw out at the end of the night at a stripper bar. Did they not look like that to you? I swear to That's God. Awesome. I, I, that's awesome. <laughs> if you see these guys walking out of a bar at night, you, you're going to walk wide around them because you're going, yeah, these just don't, they don't look like good individuals. They, and apparently they're the nicest guys around, but all of them, you just look at them and go, just, they, they just don't look like the kind of guys you'd expect to see in the Olympics curling for your, you know, yeah. for a medal, right? I love that description. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, good. pretty funny. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'll get each one of you guys give a, a final takeaway uh, from the Olympics and we'll sort of wrap it up here. And, uh, actually finished a podcast under two hours for once in my life. Um, <laughs> but uh, we always plan like these three 30 minute segments and then somehow it still always goes like two hours. So, um, uh, but, but I appreciate uh, all the insight and, you know, I, I can't watch all the sports. So I always love having these round tables and be able to discuss it and having these snapshots to look back on, you know, it's cool that this is the third Olympics we've covered now on this show, uh, especially cause they only happen, you know, every uh, two to three years, depending on if COVID happens. Uh, so, um, but uh, real quickly, Davey, any final thoughts on uh, this Olympics? Um, and then I'll get Stuart's last thoughts on it. There were a lot of little moments, right? Um, you did have some redemp- moments of uh, satisfaction and redemption for some of the, from our, from some of our uh, athletes from, from the U S you know, Nathan Chen is a great example. Sean White gets his final send off. Aaron Jackson gets her win. But I will say it doesn't it didn't have the same pop and it, maybe there's something to the fact that the NHL wasn't involved in this this Olympic games but you know I don't remember any specific story that really like took the rain took the bull by the horns the way that the summer games would do with for example like with Michael Phelps had his eight his eight gold medals in swimming I'm not sure if it's going to ever – if it's going to be one of those games. I'm, I'm just kind of wondering if over time we might just forget about this particular version of the games. I'm not sure. Maybe Stuart would disagree. But um, it kind of was missing some, some, some kind of gravitational star that would have been on, like, next level. But we did have a lot of good moments in, this, in these games regardless. And uh, so, you know, I'm glad they happened. Um, and we'll see if we can get some, some superstar of that caliber next time around. Right. I, to speak to some of that, I think you know, having it be the opposite time zone is always difficult. I know that there's been mm-hmm. a couple of you know ones where it's in Asia. I think that that takes some of the, the energy out of it. Also, not being able to have crowds and all the COVID concerns and you know all the worry and not being able to have their families be there and rooting them on and uh, you know it makes it uh, difficult to get into it in the same way that a normal Olympics is. At least for me, it, it definitely takes. 
you know, some of the energy out of the room, if you will. But Stuart, what are some of your thoughts uh, and takeaways of this Olympics? Um, well, I got five quick takeaways, but I want to say to Davey, I 100% agree with you. I, for some reason, this Olympics really was meaningless to me. It was, yeah, right? and it's not just the NHL players not being there. Uh, you know, Canada did well. We had lots of medals. We had lots of you know great moments. There's a moment where the CBC cameras captured two sisters that were competing in in uh, uh, moguls or something. I think it was moguls. And one one sister wiped out, and the other sister went over and, and had finished her runs already and went over and started hugging her. And they just put the camera on them and left the sound off. And you're just watching them hug for a minute and a half because one girl was was just beside herself crying because she had a shot at medals and and messed it up. So you know, moments like that were great, but they were far and few between. And, and honestly, the Olympics should never be held in China. It's just no, that never, ever hold the Olympics in China because there's no, there's no character. There's no personality. Uh, one of my favorite Olympics of all time was Vancouver because there was character. There was personality. There was, right. you know, there was all the cool things that happened outside of the Olympic uh, 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 competition sites and all that. There was all kinds of good things that happened, but here it was just boring as hell. So four quick hitters, negatives of really why I freaking hated the Olympics this year. And I, I, I really did because watching Eileen Gu win three medals, hot as she is, <laughs> I, I, you know, she, she's changed her story multiple times why she changed her citizenship and, and it, none of them ring true. They're all bullshit. And, uh, and watching her win for China, you know, which is trying you know, her trying to unite the world by doing this, all it did was make a lot of Americans pissed off and a lot of anyone in the, in the Western world pissed off because we're watching her go over to China and play for them. No, thank you. Uh, Teresa Yoheg, the Norwegian skier that wins uh, a gold, wins the first gold medal of the Olympics after coming off an 18-month ban for, for doping. That's not good for sport. I don't like that. I don't want to see that. Canadian bobsled women who uh, switched citizenship to the United States and won gold. Uh, she did it because she wanted to, her husband is an American uh, athlete, American bobsledder. She wanted to switch countries. Just switch countries. Don't make up all these bullshit lies and switch countries. And she wins gold yet on top of that. So the Americans got one of our golds. <laughs> and the one thing that really, really makes me not want to watch figure skating ever again is Valieva. Oh my God, I've said it every week, I think since we started, we came on the show. She ruined the Olympics for me. Uh, why is it we can't test a young girl? If we can't test a young girl, why is she in the Olympics? Uh, you know, the British uh, team that lost the four by 100 had a positive test. They take their medals away. The athlete goes, yep, I'm guilty. You know, walk away. But you don't walk up and say, oh, you know, I took my grandpa's medicines. Well, he tested positive for three things that aren't in there. So forget that crap. You don't go and say, oh, she's too young to be tested. She shouldn't be in the Olympics if she's too young to be tested. Why are we watching this? And they didn't hold the medal ceremony. And this is a big deal for Americans because the American team sued. They actually went to court to try and got an arbitrator involved because they wanted to have a medal ceremony. These guys you know, cheering their entire lives to get to the Olympics. And because the girl tested positive, they decided they weren't going to have a medal ceremony. Does that make sense to anyone? That's not even, that's not sport in my mind. So yeah, the, the, the Americans got ripped off there and I was really pissed about, about that more than anything because these people, it's their chance to, to stand on the podium. You know, And even though they, they got silvers, and the girls tested positive as ahead of them, at least they got get to be on the podium, right? So mm -hmm. so those are my thoughts. There was a lot of negatives this Olympics that really stood out to me that just, you know, if you're going to have a, an Olympics, you should have rules. And the rules are just being kind of thrown away, it seems lately, so. Yeah, good points. Yeah. There I rambled. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I love it. And uh, it's going to be a couple of years until we get to do this again. for so. anybody in the figure skating this year. Other, on the women's side, I should be specific. Like Nathan was obviously awesome, but most of those women were tough to take, I have to be honest. 
Yeah, I agree. I like Nathan Chen, but, uh, you know, the rest of it was hit or miss for me. But, um, all right, well, with that, I've given both of you guys uh, a shout-out. But, let Davey, let people know once again uh, any upcoming shows or exciting things you have going on on The Sandwich Show. Oh, absolutely. I mean, tomorrow we have a big show. Um, well, we will be having Mark Cords and Abby C. Music joining us together. So we have a combo show tomorrow. Uh, that should be really fun. And then on uh, Friday, we have a roast stream. So if you've ever wanted to roast me, Stuart, <laughs> this is your chance. <laughs> Friday night. Why Why would I do that? <laughs> That's so not like me. I don't, I don't know why you even say that. Yeah. Stuart's currently penciling it in this calendar. So the... <laughs> penciling? It's not the only day on my calendar. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, well, I hope that people are, check it out, and um, we have the link in chat. On, uh, uh, but if if you're listening or on other podcast platforms, it's Davy is eating a sandwich over at Twitch.tv. So um, I, I appreciate people uh, for coming through uh, and checking his uh, his workout. It's, it's nice to see other podcasters on this platform. Uh, when I started on this platform, there weren't a, a ton. In fact, there wasn't even a category yet for podcasting. Uh, so it's nice to see other uh, people, uh, you know, sort of take up that mantle and, uh, you know, whether it be just chatting or, you know, podcasting platform, but, you know, talking sports and other fun activities. Uh, but Davey, thank you so much uh, for being a part of this three-week Olympic coverage and uh, taking your time uh, to do that. And I look forward to uh, maybe having you on, uh, for a March Madness segment uh, coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks. Well, thanks for that. And it's great to hang out with both uh, yourself and uh, Modvader. It's just nice to see you. I mean, it's, it's great hanging out with you. You're a very fun guy, so I'm glad that uh, I was able to be a part of this with you all. Yes, sounds good. And uh, once again, I just wanted to uh, give a quick shout-out because um, uh, we talked about it last week during this segment. If people missed it, I'm putting it up on, on the screen right now. We were able to raise uh fifty three thousand dollars uh for charity which is really exciting i'm happy that we we're able to be a part of that uh last week um and i'm happy it was such a success and uh, thank you both for joining in a bunch of the different chats uh throughout um the the week or five days of it so i look forward to doing it and we're thinking about doing it next year as well so uh that'll be really exciting uh but davy thank you so much for joining us and we'll, we'll talk to you soon Sounds good. All right. Modfather, thank you so much uh, for being a part of this. Um, I, we don't usually get to cross borders on this uh, program, so it's fun uh, to be able to get a, a Canadian perspective. Um, and uh, But we'll, we'll definitely have to find some other way to collab. I, I know you like lots of different sports, and maybe uh, if our, our teams match up uh, in the upcoming NHL or if we somehow play, uh, Boston on a, on a Monday, we'll have you back on or uh, something like that. But any final thoughts before we let you go? No, I uh, had fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, um, loved uh, being on here. I love talking Olympics with you guys. And it was, uh, it was just generally fun for me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I've also given a shout out. Uh, you can check him out um, on his daughter's uh, Twitch channel. Also on our friend, Andy, Primordial Sounds. Uh, so my, so my evening, my evening this evening was, uh, primordial sounds Andy went on so I modded for him for a while then I modded for Jillian and then I came on here and, and I'm so like I've been going for like six hours now or something like that and I, you know, I suck I, your soul away so oh yeah exactly so I whipped <laughs> off and made supper in the middle of it somewhere I had to jump out of Andy's stream for a few minutes to make supper so I could be ready to go for Jillian's stream so yeah that's uh that's twitch right it does that to you 
Yeah, I'm happy that you were able to be there for Andy. I wanted to be, but it was such a beautiful day here. It was in the 60s. Uh, we were running outside with my son. So I'm happy I had the day off. It was President's Day here in the United States. Uh, so uh, that was fun uh, to be able to celebrate with him. But In the, in the 60s. Yes, yes. <laughs> Minus it, 11 here, so. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I mean, it had been in the 30s and like really windy and frigidly cold. So, I mean, not negative like you guys get, but uh still uh not good for a son with a cold for sure but, oh, but uh, yeah yeah so but uh thank you again Stuart. and we'll we'll definitely talk soon and find some uh, way to collaborate again okay have a good night all right and with that um we've uh come to the sort of the end of the program we're going to end uh, a couple of minutes early but i really appreciate all of our guests uh for joining us i hope that people really like uh the new um layout and uh so it's um it's uh it's kind of fun to try a couple new things people can see a live pokemon catch encounter if you're watching on twitch or if you're checking it out later on youtube you're probably very confused because you can't catch on youtube but uh, i thank people for joining us i'm gonna continue to tweak the layout so you can feel free to give me feedback on uh, things you'd like to see added or changed but uh we're gonna give a quick uh, little uh, raid over to a friend of mine uh sarah cameron uh music um you know she's uh great um and uh, i thank everyone for being a part of the show tonight whether it was carol in the hockey segment our nba roundtable with uh, champ arun and tim and our last segment was uh stewart the mod father and davy uh, was fantastic as well and i really appreciate everyone uh, for joining us and uh, let me just see if i can get a raid going and uh there we go and um uh and thank you davy for wishing everybody well and thank you everyone for joining in uh chat and uh, the five viewers that are going to head over right now and uh, join us uh, i'm going to end the facebook live one right here thank you for checking us out and the audio recording as well